Life podcast. We truly hope you'll be inspired and challenged today. Now, let's dive into this message with the family at Pleasant Ridge. For the month of October, we're looking at what the scriptures teach about prayer. Um, primarily, we, we have a uh, prayer weekend coming up here at the end of October. And, you know, prayer is very important uh, for those who know Christ as their Savior um, because it's, it's the lifeline that we have uh, to the Lord, and He speaks to us through His Word, and then we in turn uh, speak back to Him through prayer. And last week we looked at the life of Jesus and the habit that He had of praying, which showed you all those scriptures throughout uh, God's Word about Jesus' habits of prayer. And, you know, he prayed often, he, and through his life, you know, I, I think we can be challenged that we too need to pray, uh, because not only was Jesus 100% God, but he was also 100% uh, human, yet without sin, and our Lord prayed. Uh, he spent that time in prayer, and we too need to devote ourselves to prayer. And I, I believe sometimes questions arise many times in, what is the purpose of praying? I mean, if God knows all things, right? I mean, why, why even pray? Um, if God has a plan and a purpose already uh, planned out for our lives, um, then why do we need to pray? What is the purpose of praying? Um, how does God accomplish his, his will uh, in our lives? Um, what is the purpose of me praying if God already has a plan uh, that he's going to accomplish through our lives? Uh, maybe does prayer work? Uh, There are several passages of Scripture that uh, you might be thinking of when it comes to prayer. For example, Jeremiah 33.3, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and hidden things that uh, you have not known. Psalm 50, verse 15, And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. About Matthew 7.7, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek. And you will find, knock, and it will be open to you. Perhaps there may have even been times in your life that you've been very perplexed by a certain situation in your life where it seems like you're just hitting a brick wall uh, and you might be even praying about a certain situation, but it doesn't seem to change anything. I mean, nothing has happened. I can't tell you how many times in uh, my counseling that I have done with individuals that Maybe they might be faced with a certain problem in their life, and I've asked them, well, what have you done about it? And they say, well, I've prayed about it, uh, but nothing's changed. And, uh, you know, does God work through us when we're praying? I mean, does God answer prayer? I mean, is he lying about this whole thing, about uh, asking and receiving? I mean, does God answer our prayers? Um, I believe there are some misunderstandings of prayer and how it works because I believe we have a very unbiblical uh, way of thinking of who God is and how he is at work, primarily because we just don't really seem to know who God is, meaning the fact that we have not spent the time to actually dig into Scripture and find out who God is. Uh, we've relied upon, you know, what other people say about who God is. We've relied upon, you know, maybe something that we read about who God is. Uh, maybe we have some very uh, misunderstandings, preconceived ideas of what and who we think God is. 
But I believe we have a very unbiblical thinking of who God is and what he says. Something that you need to remember is your theology, what you know to be true about God, will always affect your philosophy of how you live out your life. Your theology, what you believe to know about God, who he says he is through his word, will affect your philosophy, how you live out your life. So this is what I'd like for you to take away with you this morning when we talk about prayer. What I believe and know about God will affect how I pray. What I believe and know about God will affect how I pray. So let's take a notice here at a few things here about prayer. First of all, the God who gives. Something that we need to understand about prayer is that it is our Father's desire to give to us exactly what we need. Unfortunately, because of experiences in our lives and times when we're hoping that certain situations uh, would play out the way that we want them to, and when we pray about them and it doesn't happen, we seem to think that now that God is not giving us what we need. I don't know if you've ever been faced in that certain situation in your life. I know I have. Uh, When it seems like there's a a circumstance that is happening, and it's like, okay, well, I've tried everything else. Now I'm going to try to pray, right? And so we go to God, and we're praying, and we're asking God to work in this situation, and we're asking him maybe for a certain thing. God, I want you to do this. I'm asking you to do this. I'm asking you to do that. I'm asking you to do this. And it doesn't work out that way. And then we begin to think that maybe God is not hearing us. That maybe somehow, maybe I didn't pray long enough or hard enough. Maybe I haven't gotten God's ear to really be attentive to what I'm trying to say. Maybe I need to pray in a different way, or maybe I need to to say please and pretty please and beg a little bit harder to get him to do what I want him to do. So does God answer our prayers? I I don't think that is the question we should be asking. We need to understand God's character from Scripture in order to understand how God gives to us. The question that we need to ask is, what motivates God to work in our situations? Let me try to illustrate this for you. And, you know, when we think of how people give in this life, what motivates them to give? Now, every, every illustration, I believe, has its limits. And I, I think these, these ways that I'm trying to illustrate this about how people give is, is very, very limited in exactly how God gives to us. But when we think about this world and we think about the people that live in it, how are people motivated to give? Uh, I sit on the uh, board of directors at the uh, Spa Women's Ministry, and uh, they just built the, uh, the spa home there for the, for the ladies that's able to house like 20 ladies now. And one of the things that they were doing is they were looking for people to give, ways to, that people could give towards this organization, towards this ministry. And uh, they worked together with the Elkhart Community uh, Foundation, and trying to work through all those situations to try to get people to give towards this uh, building campaign. And when we think of how people give in life, here are ways that sometimes people give. Some people give because others influence them. 
to give. These are the people that give because the right person just so happens comes along and, you know, they, they say the right things, they give all the right answers, and uh, they basically woo them into giving. There's those types of people that are givers in the world. Secondly, some people give because they have a natural heart to give. Uh, that means that they are always maybe have this looking for, for people to come to them and ask for a certain thing, and, and uh, they're moved by the need, um, and they give what they think will help in that certain situation. The third type of people that are givers is probably one of the most rarest of all, and these people give not because someone coming to them, these givers take the initiative. In other words, they look at the situations around them and look for certain needs in which they can meet. And then they take the appropriate action to doing that. Now remember I said what we believe about who God is, our theology, will affect how we live out our life, our philosophy in life. Now these are, like I said, very weak illustrations to describe the way our God is, but out of those three, types of people that give in this world. Which one do you think closely most associates with the God of the Bible? Number three. He always takes the initiative. He's always looking for how he can work in our lives. When we think about our God, he is the God who hears and answers prayers. Our God has a great heart that yearns after his creation, every individual, his desire is that we would turn to him to repent of sin, to believe the gospel. He has a desire that the image that has been marred because of sin to be restored. God is the one who takes the initiative. He planned salvation. He planned that Jesus would be slain before the foundation of the world. He planned that we would be conformed to the image of his son. Let's look at a few scriptures here that helps us understand about the God who gives. First of all, here in Romans 8, 26 through 32, gives us this good reminder of this. Listen to what Paul writes. He says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers." And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? <clears throat> if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously, notice this, give us all things. Think about that. I love the last part of that verse. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? 
What's interesting to think about when we are dwelling on the character of God, who he is and what he has done, the fact that he takes the initiative in our lives, it places our God on a whole different level. See, I believe sometimes we have this misunderstanding of who God is, and it's the fact that, well, you know, here's a problem, and I pray about it, and I want God to fix the problem. Okay? In other words, we're almost approaching him in a way of like a servant. Hey, I need you to fix this. Or sometimes we approach God as almost as if he's a genie. Well, if I just do what I need to do and I rub that lamp hard enough and poof, what do you need? I will grant you three wishes. What is your first? Right? No, that's not our God. Our God takes the initiative in our lives. And it says that he graciously, he gives up his own son. How would he not graciously give us all things? You see, when we remember that it is God who is good and man that is evil and warped, and the fact that it was our God who took the initiative to give to us, to seek us, to save us, and to change us for his glory. Listen again to verse 32. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Take a look at that verse here in Jeremiah. When we call, that means that we are turning our face towards God. When we come to God in prayer, the purpose should be turning our will towards Him. See, God says here, call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. And so when we come to God in prayer, we are turning our face towards God and we are turning our wills toward God. Because God is the one that has planned everything, even before the foundation of the world. He's already predestined for us to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And so when we look at this verse, notice what God says, I will answer. I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. What, is that, what is, does that tell us about who our God is? Things that he has already planned long ago. Great things, marvelous things, things that we would have never dreamed of or thought of. When, when we come to God in prayer, we are longing for something. And it could be for a situation to change, the breaking of a sin cycle, God to desperately act on our behalf. But what do we see in Scripture about who God is? He is a God who speaks and knew of our difficulties and disappointments, way before you were ever born. In Romans chapter number 8, we read that it is God's purpose that we would be conformed to his image of his son. Now here, this is where it gets really good when we're talking about prayer and how God is at work in prayer through our lives. You see, when we actually pray according to what scripture says, 
And it teaches us that it is our will and God's will meeting face to face. And when we understand what God's will is, then God so desires to work out his purpose in our life through the situations that we find ourselves in. When we learn about his purposes and make them our prayers then, we make them and give him an opportunity then to work in our life. Because it's no longer what we want. It now becomes what God desires and what God wants. Because he has already planned everything. What he wants us to do, he wants there to be a change of our will to his will. That's the purpose of prayer. That we're coming to him knowing who he is out of scripture. Knowing his character. And coming to him and asking him to work on his behalf in our lives through what he has already planned. And when God does that, he acts in our lives, he answers us, he tells us these great and hidden things that we have not known. It reveals the heart of the Father who did not spare his own Son, but gave him up and will not graciously give us all things. It reveals that to us of how good God really is. What things? What things is he going to give us? What we want? No, it is his purposes in our life. Let's chew on this a little more to really get a firm grasp on God's purpose in our life and working his will in our life through prayer. So we have the God who gives, but secondly, your will be done. When we think about our salvation and what God did through Jesus, this gives us a beautiful picture of a God who was and is actively at work already in our lives and desires really only the best for us. We'll see this in the verses that I will share with you in just a moment. But let me give you an example here to maybe kind of help us grasp this. Suppose I wanted something very much and I really thought that I needed it and I go to God and ask for it. Now let's say that God knows what I want and after several times, prayer after prayer, I plead, I beg, and finally, finally, God then is impressed by my continual asking and sees that I really do need that thing that I'm asking for, and then he gives it to me. Now, is that not a loving God that listens and finally gives in? One of the things that uh, I've been doing here recently is there's a honey store that is just, uh, let's see, you go down 13, and I can't remember the the other cross street there, but there's a honey store. They, they, uh, it's an Amish store there, and they, they have all this honey stuff and all kinds of good stuff. Well, they sell these honey sticks there, and I think they're like five for $1.50 or something like that. So we've gone there a few times, and Evelyn has gotten some of these honey sticks. Well, occasionally when I'm in town here in Middlebury, I'll swing by down there in the honey store, and I'll stock up on some honey sticks. And so one of these things that I've done recently with Evelyn, just to kind of, you know, I'm a father and I want to give her good gifts, you know. I want to spoil her, right? We're Fathers, we do that, right? And so here I am, I, she's standing there, and I'll go up to her and I say, what's that in your ear? Huh? Right? You know, and then I pull the honey stick out of her ear, right? And she thinks, that, boy, that's so wonderful and neat, and she eats the honey stick. Well, now she's become in this habit where she comes up to me every day and says, Dad, Dad, can you check and see if there's something in my ear? 
well, I don't have any honey sticks. So what do I tell her? Nope, there's nothing in your ear. So then I got to go and get some more honey sticks, right? And so when I think about that, she comes up to me and she's asking for this because she thinks, this is what I really need. I mean, this is good. Now, me as a father, should I always be going and buying her honey sticks every single time? No, because I know what's best for her, okay? And so I try to treat it as a treat, as something special. Now, I want you to get the picture here because this is something that I think that will really help us understand this. When we remember and we think about who God is and what he says in Scripture, remember it is God who desires to conform us to his image, to the image of his Son. And it is God who speaks and tells us these great and wonderful things that we really don't even know about. Because it is God who causes all things to work together for good to them that love God, who are called according to his purpose. Because it is God who foreknew us and predestined us to be conformed to the image of his Son. That means that God has his best interest in mind for my life and for your life. God is constantly thinking about me. Jesus is praying for me. The Spirit is interceding for us, as we read there in Romans 8, with groanings too deep for words. And it searches the mind of God so that we would pray according to His will for our lives. It says that He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So many times we think that God is holding out on us because we do not get what we are praying for. But because our Father's love for us, He doesn't give us what we think we should be getting. It is our Father's desire that we come to Him and call out to Him, conforming our will to His will. And when we see what exactly what we need according to His purpose and ask for it, God then begins to work and to move in our lives. And is that not a more loving God? One that doesn't give us what we think we want, but actually gives us what we need in our life? Because he knows the plan. He knows the purposes. We took a little day trip uh, just on Friday down to uh, Fort Wayne, um, we were going to go to a, a concert down there that I had been waiting to go to since April of 2020, and it had been rescheduled like four times. And uh, my wife and uh, my daughter, we went down to Fort Wayne. We went uh, to the zoo down there. Um, and, but before we went, I told uh, Evelyn that if she would go and pick up all the walnuts, this was like weeks ago, that uh, she'd get paid. So she, she filled up the buckets full of walnuts, right? That's one of the great things of having children, right? <laughs> hey, can you go get that for me, <laughs> right? <laughs> sure, Dad, <laughs> you know. Eventually, they're going to come to fig figure out, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> something's wrong here, right? But uh, she filled up these buckets of walnuts, and I paid her for it. I said, hey, if you do this, I'll pay you, right? Now, 
I had the money. I didn't give her the money because I knew that she would end up losing it. But I told her, I said, hey, you know, we're going to be going to Fort Wayne. You can use this. You can maybe buy something, right? So we decided to stop over at Ross before we went. And she came up to me, and she found this stuffed dog, right? And she goes, Dad, 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 I really, 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 really want this. Can I, can I get this, right? And it was within the amount of what I said that uh, I would pay her. Now, knowing that we were going to go to Fort Wayne, knowing that perhaps we were going to stop at a few other places, knowing that maybe there was something else better that she could find, I asked her, I said, is that really what you want? Yes, Dad, I really want this. I said, but what if we go to Fort Wayne and there's something even better that you find? Yes, Dad, I really, really, really want this. I really, really want this. So here is me as a, as a, as a loving father. What do I do? I allow her to have that. Well, lo and behold, we get down to Fort Wayne. We go through the zoo down there. We go through the gift shop. What does she find? Something else. Did you know that what she wanted, she could have had that there at the, the gift shop, but she chose something else instead. Now, our God sometimes does not allow us to have what we want because he knows, he knows that there's something better for us. Because he will graciously give us all things. He who did not spare his own son, it says, but freely gave him up. How much more will he give us, graciously give us all things? And so God is trying to get us to help us conform our will to his will. His purpose. And that we need to be asking for his purposes in our life. And this is the God of the Bible. Listen to what Jesus said here in uh, Matthew Uh, chapter 6, verses uh, 7 and 8. And when you pray, do not heap upon empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. That's our Father. He knows before we even ask. What He knows we need, He has already planned to give. So the question we need to ask when we are praying about a personal need is, do I know what he knows I need? Am I thinking about what he is thinking about for me? Knowing that God is loving and gracious and kind to us as a father and desires only the best for our lives. If he were to say to you, I want to give you something extra special, a special gift of love because I love you What would you want? If God said, I want to give you something, something special, what would you want? You know what we should say? God, you choose. God, I want what what you want for me. Because he knows what's best for us. Let's look at the words of Jesus for a great example of this. Matthew 16 Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, and he says, he gives us this model prayer here, and he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is probably one of the best prayers to pray. What's interesting is that this is the way that Jesus told us that we need to pray, 
Now let's look at this prayer specifically with a desire to understand it. Notice what he says here, first of all, your will be done. Your will be done. Your. That is God. That is God. Your God. Your Everything that God is, he is all wise, all knowing, he is strong, he is mighty, he's gracious, he's full of truth, he is light, he is good, he's pure, he's holy, he is our righteous judge. Not only is he loving, but the Bible tells us that he is love, your. It's quite hard to grasp when we think about it, but that is our God. If you know Christ, then you are a new creation through Christ and you belong to him. Secondly, your will. This is God's will. God's will is his desires, his purposes that he wants to happen and he will accomplish. His will because he is the mighty and strong and wise and all-knowing God. His plan is the most wise and pure and loving plan. We need to remember that our God, our Father desires every good and perfect thing for us. And he is willing to freely give us all things. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. You see, God is at work planning and executing every good and perfect gift for us. What we may think as being the best, God has something far greater and far better for our lives. He is always at work, working out the best thing for us in every circumstance. This is why we need to trust him. And I think that that is so hard because in times of uncertainty in our lives where it, when it seems like we don't know what to do, and we may be thinking, well, this is the best situation right here for my life. This is exactly what I need to happen. And God wants us to trust him. God is trying to move us along and it just seems like we're in the dark and we're like, God, I really don't know what to do, but if you would just answer this prayer this way, then I know that this would work out for my situation. God says, I have something far better for you if you would just simply trust me. If you would allow God to be at work, your will to be at work. Then he says this, your will be. Now that word be is an interesting word. Grammar is probably not one of my best subjects. And when I studied this out, this just floored me. Uh, the word be is a verb and it's an action word. Not only is it a verb, but this verb is in the, very, is in the passive voice. You say, what does all that mean? I have no idea. Uh, no. The passive voice here is used to show interest in the person or object that experiences an action rather than the person or object that performs the action. Do you see what Jesus is trying to teach us here? Jesus is teaching us that it should be our desire that God's will would be done in us and through us. Our prayer should be, God, I want you to perform and bring to pass your will through my life. And I want what you want. I choose what you desire. What you want, God, I choose that instead of what I want. Then he says this, your will be done. When I think of that word done, I think of accomplished or being finished. Your will be fully accomplished in its entirety. God never does things halfway. 
He always completes everything that he does. I love Philippians 1.6. He who began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so this is a good reminder that everything good and beautiful that has been planned by our most graciously, heavenly, all-wise Father has planned everything and he is going to accomplish his plan in our lives. His desires are so much better and wiser than the greatest that we could ever ask or pray for. So when you look at Scripture and the way God worked His purpose in the lives of those that we read about and how God used their lives and how they surrendered their life to God's, think of the Apostle Paul, right? Like here he is, a Pharisee of the Pharisee, probably one of the, one of the, the, the most notable men in all of Jerusalem. I mean, very powerful men. But then because he conforms his will to God's will, God changes him, God saves him. And what is Paul's prayer? Here he is in prison. What is his prayer? That I may know him and the power of his resurrection being made conformable unto his death, even the death of the cross. He's conforming his will to God's purposes. Think about our Lord Jesus, right? Here's our Lord Jesus. He's in the garden. He's praying. What does he pray? Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Here, even Jesus himself surrenders his will to the Father's will. And he asks for his will to be conformed to what God's will is for his life. These four words, your will be done, is probably the greatest prayer that we could ever pray to allow God to work his purpose in our life. Look at that prayer again. Is it not interesting that Jesus says, your kingdom come, before he says, your will be done? And I wanted to point this out last, because when we understand your will be done, then it helps us understand your kingdom come. Whose kingdom? God's kingdom. Who's the king? God is the king. But did you know that there's a pseudo-kingdom and a pseudo-king? That's self. We have to be in alignment with God's kingdom and God as being the king. So many times we put ourself as the king and it's our kingdom. But when we understand that his will be done, then we can actually say, yes, God, you're the king. It's your kingdom. And I want you to accomplish your plan and your purpose in my life. There cannot be two kings or two kingdoms. One of them has to go. Isn't that what Jesus said? You'll either love one and cling to the other, or you'll hate one and despise the other, right? Like, you're, that's what's going to happen. You cannot have two of them. One of them is going to be king. And Jesus is already king. He never recognizes us as king, does he? No. So we have to bring our, our will into alignment with his. I want to encourage you this week. Perhaps there's been something that you've been praying for, maybe a prolonged request, and I encourage you to pray this way, your will be done. Instead of asking God for what you want, let's start asking him, God, I want you to choose what's best for my life. Let's pray together. If you're interested in more information about our church, or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.